Hello everyone, Lee Arnold here with another edition of Country Music Conversations. Today we'll be visiting with Lee Greenwood, songwriter, singer, and musician. But before we start this conversation, here are a few words from our sponsor. Country Music Conversations with Lee Arnold's podcast is made possible by our sponsor, MarketSmith, Inc., the digital media agency that's been growing brands like Toomey, Shark Ninja, New Jersey Lottery, PSE&G, Blue Mercury Cosmetics, and Dick Sporting Goods. You know what makes this agency so good at what they do? Because simply being a marketing agency is no longer enough. Solution-based, problem-solving, and ever-evolving, they create enduring value for DTC and B2B brands by opening up and growing marketing channels. Their patented AI offerings, informed by human intelligence, allow them to act with agility and intellect. I was speaking with the CEO not too long ago, and she was saying they take on clients who know who they are, who want to grow, and clients that know what they want. These big brands choose MarketSmith because they want to merge with a partner who'll make them exceptional and an agency that will grow their revenue. Digital marketing is not easy, but MarketSmith, Inc. knows when to make the media dollars work hard for their clients. You have a brand you want to grow? Well, contact MarketSmith.com and tell them Lee Arnold sent you. Since 1962, he's released more than 20 albums and has charted more than 35 singles on the Billboard country music charts. His self-written patriotic song, God Bless the USA, was originally released in 1984 and was used extensively for the presidential campaigns of Ronald Reagan, George H.W. Bush, and Donald Trump. It was a rallying cry for Desert Storm and 9-11. The song has touched millions and continues to resonate as strongly as our national anthem. Lee has had the good fortune to have had seven number one country hits in his career, such as Somebody's Going to Love You, Going, Going, Gone, Dixie Road, I Don't Mind the Thorns If You're the Rose, Morning Ride, Hearts Aren't Made to Break, they're made to love. Lee was born outside of Los Angeles, but he grew up with his grandparents on their farm in Sacramento when his parents separated. He formed his first band, the Apollos, in 1962, playing pop music at the casinos in Las Vegas. And he recorded a few singles for Paramount Records. And when the band broke up in 1970, he moved back to Vegas, where he worked as a blackjack dealer during the day, and as a lounge singer at night. In 1979, he was discovered in Reno, Nevada, by Larry McFadden, the bandleader and bassist for Mel Tillis. He made some demo tapes and was signed in 1981 by MCA Records, and Larry became his manager. His first single, It Turns Me Inside Out, made it to the top 20 in the country charts. His follow-up, Ring on Her Finger, Time on Her Hands, made the top 10. In May 2008, President George W. Bush nominated Lee 
to serve on the National Council of the Arts, which he served on until 2021, when President Biden replaced him. A prime example of politics at work. In 1995, Lee took a break from touring to spend more time with his family. He built a theater in Sevierville, Tennessee, where he did daily shows, giving him time with his family. But after five seasons, he closed the theater to continue touring. By his own admission, Lee admits to not being lucky in love. He's been married four times, and his current wife is a former Miss Tennessee USA, Kimberly Payne. They have two sons. In the conversation we'll be listening to back in 1990, Lee discussed his latest album, his personal life, and stories behind some of his hits. Here now is Lee Greenwood. So happy to be with a good friend of ours that we haven't seen in a while. He's been busy on the road and busy with his brand new album, but it's always a joy to catch up with our good friend, Lee Greenwood. Hi, Lee. Hi, Lee. And uh, yeah, hi, Lee. <laughs> hi, Lee. Hi, low. <laughs> Thank you. And it is great to see you again and talk about what's going on in my life and in music. You've got such wonderful music. You've had such a great bass to work on over the past years with, you know, it turns me inside out all the way up to the present new album, which you must be very excited about. If I had to pick an album uh, that might be my favorite, it may not be this one, but I figured that this is the best album that we've ever made. Uh, this is my capital album, my capital debut album, uh, with my producer that made all the gold albums with me at MCA, Jerry Crutchfield. And so we are back together again as a team, and it's just like the old days. Magic is there again. Really is. Jerry, uh, Jerry and I chose more songs for this album than ever before. We had 36 songs on hold before we began cutting, and, uh, and I took a month off, which is pretty... Uh, pretty strange for me to take that much time off to record. I've never done that before. And uh, we just really were zeroing in. We wanted to make sure that we had the right production, the right musicians, the right studio, the right sound. And, and I had a lot of input, although I'm, I'm not co-producing on this album. This is Jerry's baby. New album's called Holding a Good Hand, which is the title cut, and also the, the current single? Yes. Title cut is the first single. And uh, if, if I had made any mistakes over the past three years uh, about our albums, and I'm I'm very pleased with our recording projects as we closed out our other label. But we may not have been in the center of what country music was mm -hmm. or is. Mm -hmm. And uh, this album, with Holding a Good Hand as the first single, I think we targeted the center of country music, traditionally speaking enough that people would accept this in all formats of country radio. And there's a lot of different types of country radio across America that add up to the total of what they call country music today. Um, but I think we targeted the center and hit it. This is the, you've covered the entire spectrum. In other words, musically in this album, the focus is is on what country is today. Yes, it certainly is. I we have a little bit maybe it sounds from uh, like Ronnie Millsap and Exile and Kenny Rogers. We have some sounds from like Ricky Skaggs, the Judds. You know, with my own input, um, certainly some George Strait kind of two beat stuff. And and I think all of that adds up to what this album is. It's really really different it's really diverse from what i've heard and i've heard the entire album it's, it's absolutely you know the one of the best you've ever done may, as you say may not be your favorite it must be magical being with Capitol records jimmy bone who was a genius and you were talking about you had a great story to relate about old times again and being with Capitol records and what they're doing for you in your career well two things here come in play i would never have guessed that 
when I first met Jimmy Bowen and, and he went to MCA and then I went to I went to him and we became producer and artist, I would never have guessed had we, you know, when I first met Jimmy Bowen that, number one, he would have ended up being my producer and I guess you'd say my boss because at the label, you know, he runs the, he runs the Nashville label. In those days, he was at MCA and now he's at Capitol. But m- even more interestingly... Jerry Crutchfield and I had separated as producer and artist for almost three years, and I did not have a hit single, a big hit single. Well, <laughs> Jimmy Bowen moves to Capitol Records. Jerry Crutchfield and I get back together. We are both hired back to Capitol, and here's the here's the capper. Capitol Records moves to the building I built on 16th Avenue, 1111 16th Avenue, which is my magic numbers. And uh, so here I am back in my same building after we've moved out. My manager and I have separated and I'm back in Capitol. Jimmy Bones, this is just like, you know, I couldn't have orchestrated it any better. Unbelievable. Being a former blackjack dealer in, in Vegas, I mean, 11-11, or whether it's craps or whatever, I mean, if it's 11, you, you hit, right? That's exactly right. <laughs> we, You know, we, it's just like a crap shooting most of the time, but this was a this was an odds-out favorite. You know, we, we I have never have guessed this would turn out the way it did, and, and we are back with the same thing. Uh, as I used to deal cards in the casinos, I became aware of the fact that people... They're going to, if they were lucky, they were, they were lucky. No matter what you could do, they may lose a little bit, but they two steps backward and four steps forward, you know, and that's what has happened here. You know, we had a little uh, lull for about two or three years, and all of a sudden we've got this great new album. I'm back at Capitol, I feel, is the finest machinery in Nashville with, with, uh, with artists just popping out their seams, and they seem to be supporting everybody on the label, and that makes me excited. The fact when things weren't going, because you had such a strong track record, single-wise, hit-wise, when you had this period of what we would call the mountains and the valleys the valleys did it affect you personally a little bit in as much as all of us because of our egos don't like to be uh, losers you know mm-hmm. we don't like to be second best i've always been a winner and um uh, I, I had some other problems. I had some personal problems. As you know, I went through a divorce, and uh, my manager and I separated. And uh, so it, I went through an economic restructuring of my own business, and, and now everything is exactly right mm-hmm. with my life and mm-hmm. with my business. And um, so maybe the time is right for the music as well. Let's talk about the album a little bit, Lee. There's some, some other songs in here besides Holding a Good Hand. A typical Lee Greenwood performance on Love Lying Next to Me. That The title itself says, that's got to be a Lee Greenwood song. Yeah, thank you. That was one of my choices, as was Jerry's, for a song to cut. And uh, the pictures are so uh, descriptive uh, with the lyrics, with a, a a lady, you know, who's obviously your wife, you know, and, and she's got her hair all mussed up and... Right. and uh, and she's sleeping, and and you awake first and see her sleeping, and that and the sun's kind of shining in on her in the morning, and it's it, that was such a beautiful picture, um, but it was an up tempo song, it had like a little rhythm to it, which really I wanted, and I'm going to end up doing it in my show. We use that kind of material when we do these exciting outdoor shows, and um, that will aid me also, uh, I think, as a writer, because when I sing those songs, all that input adds up to thoughts, mm-hmm. and I come out with songs later on. It'll be something like that. When we first heard that song, I was reminiscent of Kenny Rogers' video of him and Marianne, uh, what was kind of a bedroom scene. And that sort of made me think about that when we when we took the song in hand. Um, when we got into the studio and started playing it, though, I think it was uh, a lot better recording than we thought it was going to be. You have all your strength, one of your big strengths as a vocalist and performer and entertainer has always been the ballad. First big hit turns me inside out. The moment you were mine, 
It continues with a ballad such as that, which is a great, great performance. Thank you. That's going to be a special number for us on stage as well. Lyrically, one of the best songs I've ever heard. Um, we're going to do that up front with just some guitars and leave the drums out like it's just like it's done on the album. Very soft and very, very pretty. Um, it really um, is an easy song to sing, too. It's very soft and it, it has that real, like you say, that Greenwood touch with the balladish, you know, feeling. There's a song on the album which you've always been, uh, I guess, a man who is very interested in message songs and songs that say something outside of a beautiful romantic lyric, I love you, you love me kind of thing. But this one song on the album called Just Like Me is an incredible song. It really is. I, um, uh, I have four kids myself, uh, all grown, of course. And uh, I think we all like to think that our children would grow up a little bit like us. Right. We're, we're, te we're protective of that fact. And uh, we try to mold them, you know, to be uh, more like us uh, if we can. And oftentimes they become more like us than we want them to be. Um, there was a song like that that has just been released by Johnny Cash uh, called Cats in the Cradle. And uh, my boy was just like me, so, you know. Well, we're going to do that on stage a little bit, too, as a parody setting up this song but i think not since it turns me inside out have i had a song that when i do on stage people get uh teary-eyed emotional it's a beautiful song uh and a, and a wonderful expression about a difficult situation which is separated parents trying to raise a kid on their own in this particular story the father is also the despondent husband uh, he's sorry that the wife is gone so it's kind of a double feeling and that's what the payoff is at the hook at, at in the chorus is um yeah that my boys like me because i'm crying too i guess dixie road is a up-tempo song had to be a career song for you in many many ways because number one it was an up-tempo song and a very big success something i guess do you include it in the set today yeah we do um people say dusty dixie road they like that feeling i guess it, it, the picture it presents when you say those three words together oddly enough that's not my idea of an up-tempo song but it's been the most up it was the most up-tempo hit we'd had to date with exception maybe of ain't no trick which was right. sort of rock and rollish but but slow enough that it could be considered a country rock but dixie road at least had that guitar tempo that was a pulse and uh we do them a lot faster on stage, uh, only because they work better for us on stage with live crowds. On radio, it doesn't really matter. You know, people can turn the radio up as loud as they want, and it gets that pulse in their in their in in the rhythm inside their car or in their house, and 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 that's okay. You've always had a great feel for the business side of the business of the music business, and also as a performer and as a writer and as an entertainer. Lee, that's kind of a triple threat, and that's an advantage as far as the competitive factor in country music today. You can spot someone out there by hearing a record, seeing them perform, because you can kind of relate to that and say, "Hey, that's someone," or "This lady or this guy is someone to watch." Yeah, that's very true. I and I I always look you know and snoop for new talent and, and many times i'll see somebody on the road and and i've watched them perform you know like Susie bogus for instance who's on our label by the way on capital and i we worked a fair with her up somewhere north and i said i think she's got a shot sure enough you know pop they pop out and and you just can't hold good talent down you perform for presidents and i guess that's been a big thrill with president reagan and so many white house dinners and special performances that's a special moment in your career i guess which will always be near and dear to you Lee, we have a book coming out shortly called God Bless the USA. It was written to give people who have posed the question, why, why did I write God Bless the USA, the song, 
and uh, it describes all those years with uh, the Reagan presidency and now with the current president, Mr. Bush, and working with him and and being in the White House and performing there. And, and um, I think all those people who wanted to know about you know why I wrote that song will get a lot more than they asked for with the the military years um, and my early life and before I was uh, ever successful as an artist so this is is it more or less an autobiography not quite I we left a lot of the gory details of my social life out and so we, <laughs> it's so, a thumb sketch yeah basically it's a thumbprint of, <laughs> of of what my life is but but moreover it's an overview of America's history from the time I was born because all that input had some heavy effect on me as a writer and 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 as a performer. What are your immediate goals? What are you striving for? What are you looking for? What are the priorities in your life right now? I'm really trying to expand my audience as much as possible. We have a motion picture theme coming out with Chuck Norris's new film, Delta Force 2. Uh, that'll be released in September of 1990. Uh, the song is called The Winds of Change. We uh, have just got a new uh, advertising agency in Los Angeles, Rogers and Cowan, who is going to work with us for about six months and see if we can't get some of the high exposure things you know, that, that have eluded us. Uh, we are poised for that with records on the chart. We'd like to be uh, uh, solidly accepted once again as uh, as one of the touring acts that are really making a difference in music. You know, every, every time a new act comes out, they sort of overshadow everybody else. And it should be like that. It's a resurgence of what the music is. But if an act has dignity and professionalism and they're a good entertainer, I think you'll always emerge again you know, as one of the acts that are making a difference in the business. And uh, I still live in Nashville, and I still, you know, endorse what we do there as country music. A gift from God, God Bless the USA, which you wrote, which has become your your trademark, your stamp. And I mean, it's the song that's favored and loved by millions of Americans and presidents like President Bush and President Reagan. That's a gift that only comes once in a lifetime. Sure is. I, uh, I've been a lot of years trying to write that song. It didn't come about in one afternoon, although it only took me six hours to write it. It just, it was a lifetime work, and uh, and it was from the heart. It was very deep for me, and and it has become my anthem, yes. It has become the military anthem. Um, and every time you think, well, people are sort of like uh, just buying the sheet music and it's going on the stack with all the rest of the sheet music every 4th of July Memorial Day, America has this feeling about itself, and that's the song you hear the most. And so... Therefore, when we are at shows around those holidays, we become the headliner just uh, because of the fact they like to hear us sing that song last, you know. So it's a lot of pressure, but, but by the same token, God Bless USA has elevated us and raised us to a spot that I never thought I'd ever reach. Well, good luck with the new album called Holding the Good Hand on Capital and your association with Jerry Crushfield Lee. Thanks very much, Lee. Always a pleasure to see you. And that's our conversation with Lee Greenwood. Please join me next week on Country Music Conversations for a visit with Kathy Matea. Until then, Lee Arnold reminding you to stay safe and keep it country.